welcome to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I'm not used to saying that phrase after, after a little three-week break because I feel out of breath from it. But I'll get back, I'll get back in podcasting shape. Don't you worry, because we have so much exciting stuff ahead. It's been a bit since our two-part John Stamos interview. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it because it was truly the best. I rarely get to Zoom with someone for a full two hours and giggle the entire time, and I hope that came through in the recording. We had a great time, and I'm so happy I was able to share that with y'all. I hope you've had a good past three weeks. I hope you had a great Halloween. Halloween seems like it was 200 years ago at this point, but I hope you ate as much candy as you could uh, physically fit into your kitchens and uh, pumpkin-shaped baskets and mouths. I still have some Kit Kats lying around that I need to power through, but I think I, listen, I'm, I'm getting enough candy. I don't think that's anyone's concern. <laughs> Uh, in the past few weeks, while we were working ahead on the podcast, I what have I done? I hung out with friends. I, I actually got work done, which is somewhat shocking. And I went to Walt Disney World for a special little fall trip. I posted about it a bunch on Instagram. I only went for a couple days, but it was so much fun. We rented a car, which meant I was able to drive to the I was going to say off-campus Gideons, but then I remembered Disney World is not a college we all go to. (laughs) It's just a vacation destination. We were able to drive to Gideons. I was able to get a bunch of cookies for myself to restock my freezer. I was able to get a few for friends and family who had never had them back home so they could try them. I, God, what else did we do? Um, We went to Epcot. We is uh, myself and my husband. I dragged my husband there who hasn't been there in probably four or five years. Uh, We relaxed, which I've almost never done at Disney World, but we balled out and we stayed at the Four Seasons, which again, I haven't stayed at in a few years. It remains the best hotel there. Holy heck, it it was wonderful. Um, we like laid by the pool and I had soft pretzels with with cheese dip. It was great. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I needed a calm vacation more than I realized. Since as you all know, usually you go to Disney World and you come back and you are exhausted because you wake up at seven to book things and you're up all night and it's just nonstop, which is why we love it. It's why I love it. Not the 7 a.m. thing. You know, I will rail against that for the rest of my living days on earth. But Nonetheless, uh, it was nice to have a mix of the parks and a little bit of relaxation while I was there. But forget about relaxing, because we are back in the swing of things at Very Amusing. It is officially already the start of holiday season at theme parks. If anybody is listening to this who is outside that bubble, um, yes, Halloween starts in August, and the holiday season starts November 1st. (laughs) So we are deep, deeply in it. I hope anyone who is enjoying those experiences is having a good time. Don't worry, our seasonal festivities will begin in December. I'm already locked and loaded on two Shrek Sember episodes that you're going to love. I think they're going to be two of our very, very best ones. But forget all that. I want to get to the the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Though I guess it's November, so the turkey and stuffing? The turkey and... um, and cheesy potato gratin that I plan on making for my Friendsgiving. Uh, I want to get to that in this episode. So stick around. I will stop laughing and we will get into finding out everything about stepping inside the world of Encanto. I'm so excited to share this with you. Okay, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. I speak for all of us when I say two things are true. We love Encanto, and we want to experience more of it in real life as soon as possible. But between the occasional Disney Parks merch or Mirabelle appearance or eventual one-day blue sky possible but not really promised expansion, as vaguely announced by Josh Tomorrow at D23 Expo, for Encanto fans, there's really not much you can do right now to physically interact with this film in person. That is unless you know about camp. 
You see, Camp, a retail chain and family experience company, has single-handedly fixed your boy. I wish I could go inside Casita problems. In partnership with Disney, they've brought Casita to life, packed with just as much magic as in the Walt Disney Animation Studios film. And you yourself can go experience it right now. And that's what we're talking about today on Very Amusing. Everything you'll see, hear, touch, and slide down in this magical space where the film in Kanto becomes a real place you and your family can visit. Camp operates nine stores across New Jersey, Connecticut, Boston, Los Angeles, Dallas, and four in the New York City area. But more importantly, create and fully execute these wild interactive show experiences, including multiple Disney ones, which we will get into. And if you've never heard of Camp until now, you're likely going to hear a lot more about them in the future because of their highly fruitful relationship with Disney. I attended Disney Accelerator Demo Day last week, an in-person celebration and display of this program where Disney partners with emerging technological companies who are building the future of interactive and immersive experiences. The companies there seemed very cool. I got to speak with in-world AI's Droidmaker Droid, who answered any question I asked them, honestly more robustly than most humans. But most of the companies featured there were outside my purview, to say the least. I mean, I still don't know what blockchain is and uh, what Web3 is, what Web3 are, no clue. And we're probably never going to discuss NFTs on here, if I can help it. But camp? Camp is one of those companies, part of that accelerator program back in 2021, and quite possibly the most important and relevant one to listeners of this podcast. And selfishly, me too. You see, as theme park fans, we care about tangible experiences and seeing the characters and locations and stories we know and love in person in extremely well-executed ways. And this soon-to-be-massive company is doing just that. As you'll soon hear, this Disney and Kanto camp show, located at their Manhattan store, is not one of those pointlessly overpriced, come-and-take-an-Instagram-photo gallery-type things that immersive experiences have somewhat trickled down to. In fact, they don't even use those hot-button words at all. This is as close as you're going to get to stepping through your device's screen. That is, until we can finally get this film in the parks in a permanent way. And I can't wait to share everything about it with you. With a magic candle in hand, you'll step through each of the family Madrigal's bedrooms, interact with them in ways you've never been able to before, and maybe even, I don't know, see what Bruno's been up to. But as Kirk Larson, this week's guest and chief creative officer, is here to explain, it is so much more than just the building, than just Casita. It's the people, it's the family, it's the music, and every detail of this show has something special. Now, very quickly before we jump in, I just want to flag that if you are traveling to New York this holiday season or live in the area and want to see this, get your tickets now because they are going fast. Tickets are available online at camp.com. They start at around $44 per person for this experiential store show, and it runs until early 2023 until it moves locations. No future destination is yet announced. Where it's headed next is still top secret. But if you're excited by the idea of, oh, I don't know, experiencing your favorite Disney characters or films up close somewhere other than Orlando or Anaheim, you're going to love this episode. So with all that out of the way, let's hear all about Casita in Camp's new Encanto show. Kirk, welcome to Very Amusing. Hi, nice to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, First of all, can you tell everyone who you are and what you do with Camp? Uh, My name is Kirk Larson. I'm the chief creative officer at Camp, which means... um, along with the rest of the team and all the other wonderful people, I come up with the silly things we do. I would love if we could just walk through this one hour, one hour, right? One hour long immersive show um, from start to finish, starting with the magic door. Okay. So camp, we're a retail store and in the front, we have the canteen where you can get gifts. You can stop in whenever you want and buy something cool our counselors can find the perfect, you know, item for whatever you need. But if you buy a ticket to one of our shows, you get to go behind the magic door. And for the Encanto show, you open the magic door, you always open the magic door, 
with some magic from yourself and you have to kind of send it towards the door so that it magically opens. And when it opens, it opens into a back alley of the Encanto. You hear the music, you're greeted by Mirabel and Abuela, and you turn the corner and you see this wonderful mural. It's a hand-painted mural that's from the film, but we had a Colombian artist hand-painted in the space. You're greeted by Mirabel and Abuela to be an honorary member of Familia Madrigal. For the hour, you and your family and the candle that you're given, you're given a candle just like in the movie, that allows you to unlock the magic in each room. So you walk past that back alley into La Placita, the town square of the Encanto, where we have merchants and townspeople who have prepared all these different wares that you can get. There's customization. You can get uh, character shirts and chain stitch your name on them or get different patches. There's like flower, um, there's like paper flower stations. There's felt characters you can make. There's, oh, I mean, there's like also, also awesome Encanto toys and everything. And once you pass through that, then you can enter into you gaze upon the front door of Casita, which is illuminated just like it is in the in the sort of last act of the film. You walk in and you're in the courtyard. The only thing that we did is we changed the staircase in the courtyard into a spiral slide because, of course, uh, you have uh, to. Uh, <laughs> and there's doors to all the different rooms. Many of them are from the film. Some of them we actually worked with the filmmakers to create new rooms that aren't in the film. So you get to go to Isabella and Antonio and Mirabel. And of course, if you're if you're canny and savvy enough, you can find the secret passages of which there are three to Bruno's room. Um, but we've also built Luisa's room, which is really fun. We have the donkey corns from her song and we have like this cool wave. It's like her dream after the film, after she's sort of, you know, found a new center and can actually deal with all that pressure, uh, what her room would look like. There is Peppa's room where you can use your magic candle to control the weather. So there's all these windows that look outside and you can boop and make it make it rain and boop and make it snow and boop and make a storm come. And there's Dolores's door, which you can't open. But if you touch the handle, we have this like really cool super power laser projection thing that lets you have Dolores's actual powers. And you can hear all around the space different moments that are happening. It's it's one of those really cool Easter eggs because we kind of don't like call out that this can happen. But if you, you see Dolores illuminated, you touch the handle and you get to be Dolores. Oh, and now people who listen to this who go will know what to do. Well, of course. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, definitely walk towards when you go in, take a right towards Dolores's door and grab the handle. I have so many more pressing questions, but uh, my <laughs> selfishness is more important than journalism right now. So mm-hmm. I need to know more about the slide. <laughs> Every camp show has a slide, has to have a slide. Vitally important to all of us. In the courtyard, when Antonio is getting his power in the film, briefly it turns into a slide. So we took that as inspiration, turned the spiral staircase of the courtyard into a slide. And then also, if you're eagle-eyed and paying attention, you might notice that there are a couple of areas in Bruno's room that might look like passages elsewhere that might lead to a slide. Who knows? I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about it. But then, of course, in Antonio's rainforest room, that is a huge tree house, a huge tree structure. Yeah. And there's a slide in there, too. So there's three <gasps> slides. This sounds like Legends of the Hidden Temple, <laughs> but like <laughs> I, like everything I loved from that, but now everything I love from Encanto paired with it. There's definitely some like raucous, you know, 90s style play happening in there. Oh my God. Incredible. Okay. I want to talk more about each individual room. So Great. what kind of magic or uh, experiences or cast can you encounter when you are moving through these different spaces? So it's a special day at Casita. So all the townspeople, not just not just you and your group, everybody is there. They get to explore Casita. But these townspeople who are, you know, they look exactly like they're in the Encanto, dressed beautifully in like custom made by a Colombian uh, costume designer wardrobe. They're there. They're exploring. But they know a lot about the Madrigals. And they know a lot about the music. And they're moving through the rooms. And we have this sort of traveling bard who goes around with a with an acoustic guitar and leads sing-alongs for everyone. The best way to describe it is that he's kind of, he or she is moving through on a loop and hitting each room. And then every half hour, there's like a big sing-along in the courtyard. There's also someone guiding you through different things you can do with the candle, where you can use your magic candle to turn what look like flowers into cacti. You can spin around on, on flower spinners. You can dance in front of this this wall that looks just like it does in the in in her song there's like 
this moment where these fractal patterns appear all over the wall from the flowers, and it actually tracks your body so you can dance just like her. Throughout the space, there's in the room, you can hear from, from Mirabel, you can hear from Bruno and Abuela and Antonio and other townspeople, and they're kind of talking and guiding you through the space. In Antonio's room, we have a bunch of different animals you can play with. We turned Antonio's magic tree into a play structure that has multiple tiers to it with a slide and you know a bunch of other things to play with. In Bruno's room, there's a sing-along for We Don't Talk About Bruno. There are, uh, like, there's this whack-a-rat game that you can play where these little rats come out. There's rat rat telenovela puppet shows because, of course, that's how Bruno was sort of keeping sane when, when he was <laughs> behind the walls of the house. In Luisa's room, there is the awesome meditation exercise moment, and that's also where we sing Surface Pressure. You can use your magic candle in that space to turn on a boulder ski ball game it's like cool like rock boulder ski ball game but you can also use your magic candle to trigger a dance party in the middle of this circle of columns that are from the surface pressure music video in mirabelle's room every 15 minutes we actually get to read the story of encanto because this is a space for all ages all families and there are a lot of little ones where i think there's a lot going on and so every 15 minutes, there's like this really wonderful little moment where you kind of sit on the bed and you can get read the story of Encanto. There's also, of course, the window that looks out from Mirabelle's room. You can use your magic candle to light fireworks off, because if you remember in the beginning song, when they're asking you, like, what's your power? What's your power? The fireworks vendor comes up and he's like, here, I got you this. It's the not special special. And so you finally get to light off those fireworks. And then, of course, yeah, in the courtyard, we have this big sing-along moment in the courtyard with the entire group of townspeople that are there. Wow. And how are you interacting with the characters that you know from the film? I believe I read it was digital animation, but what exactly is that like in person? So the characters in the film are mostly present in voice. We did a lot of recording sessions with the characters, uh, with with the performers. And so they're overhead in the speakers. They're in Dolores's uh, door. And they're kind of guiding you through and giving you hints as things that you may have missed or things you want to pay attention to and welcoming you to be part of the family. In terms of animation, it's mostly those vistas. It's not so much character animation. It's more like when you're controlling the weather in Peppa's room, you're actually looking out on the Encanto. And that was that was made by us. When you're looking out Mirabelle's window, that was also made by us for the fireworks. Um, but there are no, there's no like, you know, meet and greet with Mirabelle, but she's definitely present. How did you go about bringing one of the most detailed and extraordinary sets from an animated film to life? That was a remarkable challenge that we were able to um, undertake because we were given incredible access to the filmmakers. They they like really opened the door, as it were, to um, to both their time and their 3D models when we're printing the the donkey. It's the real donkey. Per se, the the Jaguar is actually him. And uh just constant meetings and 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 conversations and refinements with the filmmakers themselves was, was how we did it. How long did the creative process take? You know, Kanto's not that old of a film. And uh from sort of the word go to opening was I think four months. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. No. That you know, you understand. It's theme park people, like that is not a time frame we are used to. We're used to many, 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 many years. What do you mean four months? You had the cast. You had the actual art. No. We are a small but very, very hardworking group of people who really wanted to bring this to life as quickly as we could without sacrificing anything. And we gave ourselves four months and we did it in four months. Oh, my God. It's, (laughs) you know, we really we were so excited to be able like really, truly, when when we were confirmed that we could do the Encanto show, we just turned on every afterburner we could find and made sure it happened because we wanted to get it out as, you know, as quickly as as possible. Oh, no, I get it. I I just can't believe it because the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast was because 
we theme park fans are very, very thirsty for in-park and condo experiences. And the ones we have gotten, like a meet and greet with Mirabelle, they're very limited and they're not very, they're not permanent. They're not even physical structures. And so to hear that you turned this out and you did such a good job of it, I feel like it really bridges the gap between the film and an an in-person environment that people are craving from this film. Thank you. That was the goal to get people into the Encantos as quickly as possible. And um, if we could have, we would have done it in four days. <laughs> the The things that, that that they do at Imagineering are incredible. And there's no way to speed that up, right? Like, yeah. But I think that we found some really fun ways to do to do what we're doing on a timeline that can get things out in time for, you know, the excitement to still be to fresh and fervent and for people to really, you know, get to see it for the first time. And this isn't your only Disney show. Uh, You also have a Mickey and Friends show, which I personally don't know much about. I would love if you could tell us more about that. Yeah, so our Encanto show is running in New York at our Fifth Avenue location now. And that's also where our Mickey and Friends show launched um, back in May. Our shows travel. They rotate around from store to store. At the Mickey and Friends show, you're there for Mickey's birthday. It's currently in Dallas. You're there for Mickey's birthday. It's a very special day. Obviously, everybody knows. Everyone, I'm assuming, who listens to the podcast knows that Mickey's birthday is in November. But Oh, we know. (laughs) At the camp show, it's every day. You're there to celebrate his birthday. That one, we have really, really wonderful character animations on screens and projections throughout. You're there to celebrate Mickey's birthday. You walk into a cabin where we're going to celebrate it. Mickey and Minnie and Daisy and Donald and Goofy and Pluto are all there and they welcome us and they're so excited to see us. But first, Goofy, just real quick, wants to take a picture of everybody. Uh Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can't trust that guy with anything. (laughs) Exactly. So he grabs this thing that doesn't look much like a camera and he points it at the friends, Mickey, Mickey and, and friends, and he lines up a shot. And he zaps them with a shrink ray. It shrinks them down shorter than a blade of grass. And when he realizes that, because we tell him, because obviously he thinks they're playing hide and seek, he fumbles the shrink ray in this wonderful bit of hand-drawn 2D animation that that, that we made uh, with one of our animation partners. He fumbles the shrink ray. It goes up in the sky. It lands on the ground. It shrinks the cabin that we are in and breaks the shrink ray. So... The show is moving through what was Mickey's birthday party at the size of basically an ant to get the pieces of the shrink ray and put it back together to unshrink ourselves and Mickey and friends while Goofy is massive and save Mickey's birthday party. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, this involves uh, one of my favorite desserts, which is cake, which is associated Mm -hmm. with birthdays. This involves Goofy being the lead, which I am a fan of. We love Goofy. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a really fun moment in the Mickey and Friends show where, you know, Goofy's doing his best to help us. Gyro Gearloose, the the famous inventor, of course, made this shrink ray and is, is sort of radioing in to our counselor, who is our guide throughout the experience, has this little transponder that she's wearing. And, and Gyro's talking through the transponder and helping us through the space. And at one point, we have to get from... We climb up Mickey's presence, go to the food table, but we need to get across the room over to the DJ table because that's where more of the shrink the shrink ray pieces are. And Goofy has, in typical Goofy fashion, in the middle of trying to help us, he got lost uh, and went outside and bought a hot dog. So we have to... <laughs> a man after com- my... Uh, a dog man after my own heart. <laughs> exactly. So, so he comes back after eating the hot dog and really enjoying it uh, in the way that only he could, and then sort of invites us to climb onto his hot dog tray and ride it across the space. So there's like this cool, at that point, Goofy is like 10 feet wide, eight feet tall. We're like up in his mouth and he's like licking hot dog pieces off of his teeth as we're being carried by uh, his hot dog tray. We have like fans that blowing and Donald climbs onto his thumb and is like dangling for dear life. It's like a dual screen projection. We have a nine screen room. We have dual screen projections, projections throughout the space. It ends in a full uh, four wall, 360 projection when you finally get unshrunk, uh, if you succeed, which of course you do. And yeah, Goofy really, really shows up and uh, is in full goof mode throughout. Wait, that's so cool. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good time. Oh, my God, because we've had at Disneyland, we've had Toontown closed for a while now. And yeah. so this feels like it really uh, fills that void in my heart for 
enjoying well, those characters. And if you remember, I mean, I don't know. You probably do. I have this like visceral memory of being a kid and being in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids area of Disney. And just like that role of Kodak film that was the slide, you know, just like yep. just that feeling is, is such an indelible memory for me. And getting to the moment that like the big blades of grass were installed and I got to see them, I was like, all right. You know yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially for uh, for any theme park fans, it, we have lost all of our big spaces that make you feel little for the most part. I mean, <laughs> Toy Story Land aside in Florida, but we lost a Bugs Land, a California Adventure. Yep. We've lost uh, the one you just mentioned, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And then we uh, there was news that just came out that the the Fival area at Universal Studios Florida is going away. And all three of those are like, come feel tiny against big things. So right. it's nice to know that the legend lives on. Yeah, you can still you can still feel like a little a little bug or a mouse yeah. at camp. <laughs> <laughs> we all crave it. It's too fun. <laughs> um, talk to me more about the camp merchandise, because I believe that even if you are unable to visit any of these shows or any of these stores you can still enjoy it from afar yeah i mean you know we we're we're a retail store that that creates shows and one of the things that one of the many things that are so wonderful about our our relationship with disney is that we get to launch these co-branded collections so for mickey and friends we have our own line of bags and shirts and and various apparel and for encanto we were really privileged to get to create this customizable line of apparel with character patches and different patches that give you, you can kind of have different powers from the film. You can put your name on them or, you know, if you want, you could put, I guess, Bruno, if that's your name on the Bruno shirt. Um, But we also have like puzzles and we have Isabella flower craft kits and felt craft kits where you can actually make the characters and have the little characters. It's been really cool to be able to not just, let people enter the Encanto, but to get to leave with a piece of that magic too. You're like a like an old school toy king. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I, I could, you know, I couldn't book the Toys R Us giraffe, but you are second best. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I can't speak to Jeffrey's availability, but uh, you know, <laughs> oh, he's, we, oh, he's booked up. <laughs> he's booked. We have, yeah. we have a little guy named Scout the Bear, uh, who is our mascot. Who I'll, I'll make sure you, you can book him at some point, but oh, God, he doesn't I talk hope. much. He does. Uh, well, I can't tell you what he does because no one knows about him yet. But he has a he has a secret superpower that Ooh. I think will be exciting when people learn about it. <laughs> oh my my my! Uh, and I know we don't talk about Bruno, but I do believe there is a foam pit situation <laughs> in so, Bruno's part of uh, Encanto, so yeah, and I need to know more about that. You didn't technically hear this from me, but. Uh, there, there this is not your voice saying it. Uh, there are a couple just, of ways uh, to get to Bruno's room. <laughs> <laughs> you can go through the door and uh, Bruno has a door and you can walk through like his sort of sand area, similar to like what's in the film when Mirabeau cool. goes there. And there's these like cool messages like uh, that appear as you walk through. But there's a, there's another way to get to Bruno's room where you peel back a uh, a painting. You kind of open a painting like a portal and you go in and you get to be between the walls. and of course, it's not going to be easy to get to Bruno's room. So there's this cool like monkey bar situation over a foam pit that you get to do uh, and um, sort of avoid the rats that are squeaking around in the space. Now, I'm a professional, so I'm not asking this for me, obviously. But you do say this experience for kids and adults. Are things like that just for children or can adults do them also? No, the whole thing is for everybody. Uh, I don't. So see... I could show up in Monkey Bar my way into hanging out with Bruno, kind of. Of course you could. I mean, it's mostly a question of your arm strength more than than whether that... or not we're willing to let you in. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that might hold me down. But luckily, there's a little balance beam underneath that if you're an adult, you can use to kind of uh, <laughs> help yourself. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, everyone's welcome at the show, and um, we do have a, a sort of private events that are sort of like Encanto nights that some people have engaged that are super fun where it's a grownups only sort of situation that happens after we close. That is uh, what if you could go to the Encanto just with the group of people that you love and that you want to be around and uh, doesn't need to have any kids around. What does that mean? Is that like a special ticket or is that like I'm booking my wedding at camp? 
I would say it's somewhere between a special ticket and booking your wedding. Okay. You basically book the entire session after we close. It's like a oh, it's almost like a somewhere between yeah, somewhere between a special ticket and booking your wedding. How do people <laughs> do that? Is that is that it's a, on our oh, website? Yeah, it's a, oh, it is. It's just not a like a an private event on our website. Okay. No, you know, no, you don't have to like no, you don't have to like know a secret code. You can okay. just Google it. <laughs> Use code theory music for zero percent off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wow, that's fun. So I assume people have done that and it's been uh, crazy cool. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun. And you can also during during normal hours, uh, you can have your birthday at the Encanto and get the whole <gasps> space to yourself for an hour. And that's been that's been something that people have had a lot of fun doing. What? All of the songs and all of all of the townspeople are there just for just for the birthday group. And um, people have really, really had a lot of fun with that. And you get the whole space? You get the whole space and you get a little party room as well. Uh, is there anything else we should know about this show or any other camp shows that might be coming down the line? The thing to keep in mind with camp is that we have a lot more in the pipeline. There's something that happens very soon after this comes out that will be announced very soon after this comes out that I think people find very um, interesting. We have a lot more in the hopper for 2023. And um, I would say just stay tuned to our Instagram and our sign up for our email list and and you'll you'll get to know everything incredible thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about the show it was my pleasure thank you so much for reaching out okay you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't for me that used to be quince but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses. And the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. It's like it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their Ultraform bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Hey, Carly, this is Carrie. Um, my family and I are heading to Disneyland for the first time ever um, next month. And I need your help with a specific food-related question. So uh, my kids and I are, like, perfectly happy to just have, like, a pastry, something quick and carby and sugary for breakfast um, on a theme park day. My husband, on the other hand, is someone who requires maybe something a little more substantive or would want something a little more like like breakfast meal-like, right? So you are the uh, resident uh, queen of protein with the hard-boiled eggs in your bag. And so I was wondering if you have suggestions for quick service, hearty breakfast options, right? Like, don't want to take the time to do table service, need something quick on the go, but like 
more substantial than uh, donut or pastry. So uh, any tips you can give for Disneyland Park or DCA would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Bye. Listen, I don't want to toot my own horn. I don't think I'm that special, but you have called the right person for this. <laughs> this question hits all of my anxieties and all of my day-long hunger, and I am so excited to give you way more information than you probably asked for. But regardless, you're going to be good to go after we talk about this. So, if you're at Disneyland Resort and speed is of the utmost importance in the morning, the answer is always going to be the downtown Disney Starbucks. Period. The end. If you can mobile order, if mobile ordering is open and available, which it should be, it's truly the least amount of time it will take you to put food of substance inside your body. Which is why I live on those egg white feta wraps that they sell whenever I'm traveling or whenever I'm at Disneyland, truly wherever I go. I think I once had three of them in a 24-hour window in Orlando. I think I got like one at Disney, one at Universal, and then one at the airport. So trust me, it does the trick to keep you going through a park day. However, with Genie Plus, physically entering the park is important now. The time you enter, because you cannot book those return times until you physically enter the park. And if you're like me, you may get the stress spins of wasting like five or 10 minutes simply to walk over to Starbucks and walk back and not enter the park first. So if your priorities are entry, if you're someone who gets stressed out about that and you're, you'd rather starve <laughs> than wait, then, then book Genie Plus a few minutes later, I would send you to Jolly Holiday once you're inside the park. One, they have Mickey gingerbread, which is a hot ticket item and an ideal, like, sweet breakfast if you want to make that into that. Like, very seasonal, very fun, very delicious. And also, number two, they have an egg bacon croissant, like, eggs and bacon in a croissant for your husband. And three, most importantly, it's right there. You walk in, you walk down Main Street, boom, it's right there. You get your food, you're good. You could like schlep to Tomorrowland to get a burrito or whatever. But once again, it's right there and it's a very cute place to eat in the morning. And then bing, bing, boom, you're done and you can move on with your day and do all your Disneyland stuff. That said, I am boldly and proudly a Gemini, so bear with me, that Red Rose Tavern also does have some good stuff. They have, I believe, like a brioche breakfast sandwich, and they have a Mickey pancake, which is cute. Sounds a little better than the egg croissant. But if you are like me, it is a trap because you are not going to walk past multiple Fantasyland rides with low weights and not and bypass them and not get on them and just go straight to eat. I would be stuck, would go on rides, and then would skip breakfast entirely. So that's why I'm kind of like, go to Jolly Holiday. You're not going to see any rides before that. A side note about that, though. Jolly Holiday has mobile order, which I always recommend you use. I always recommend you order way, because you can pick your return time. You can order way before you're actually there and you want to eat. But I would try to do that the second it opens in the morning, because I just double-checked it at 10 a.m., and the next return window was 1 p.m. So I think they're probably bombarded with orders from Mickey Gingerbread, which I assume that uh, actually I should check, but I assume that you can order those through mobile order. But just keep that in mind because those are a big deal around this time of the year. However, the best option, if you are chiller than I am, if you're like, we're going with the flow, we want to have a quick breakfast, but not a 90-minute sit-down breakfast, the best option is Disneyland Hotel or Disney's Grand Californian. At Disneyland Hotel, Tangaroa Terrace has a bunch of breakfast stuff, like floofy Japanese pancakes, you know the ones that jiggle? They're like, Ugh. I'm doing a dance, but you can't see it. But like, uh, And a loco mocha burrito, which is a big old breakfast. And then they have standard eggs and bacon and grab-and-go things, of course. And then at Grand Californian, the terribly named, as we've discussed, GCH Craftsman Grill. Who named it that? It's terrible for SEO. It's nobody can remember it. One is named Grill. One is named Bar. Very confusing. Um, they truly, despite the garbage name, they have too good of a menu. We've got an egg white omelet, which I love an egg white. Um, I don't like yolks in an omelet. It's a whole thing. But I, I love... <laughs> Anyone who saw the recent Balthazar stuff with that rumor, I promise it's not like that. I just prefer an egg white. Um, side topic. Anyway, uh, I've had that. It's great. They have an avocado toast. They have a ham and egg breakfast sandwich. And they have all like the tasty, quick pastry things as well. So everyone's covered. And because it's just a get in, get out, a quick service, you're just ordering at a little counter. It is fast. So you will get in and out quickly. 
And bonus, if you're there, you can pop right into Disney California Adventure through the hotel's entrance. So if that is your first park of the day, I know you mentioned it at the end of the call, that is probably the best place to send you. Now, just a little bit of neurotic exposition because I don't know where you're staying, so I don't know which is your point of entry. But if you want to go here, if you want to go to this GCH Craftsman Grill, which I do recommend, great food, and you are entering from a hotel outside of downtown Disney, it is going to be difficult to enter Grand Californian off the street. They have a security guard there at times. They have a locked gate that you need to be able to enter. And sometimes you can sneak your way in. Sometimes you can talk your way in. You didn't hear that from me. But most of the time, they're going to send you through downtown Disney, which means you're going to have to go around, go into downtown Disney through security, and then go into the hotel to get here. If you are going into California Adventure first that day, it's not too much of a lift beyond what you were already going to do, but it is like, it's going to take a minute to get through there. So it might feel like it's going to be a long breakfast just because it takes a while to get in. If you are entering, if you're in, I don't, I don't know where you are, but if you are in downtown Disney, you just walk through the hotel entrance and you go back by the park entrance inside the hotel and it's to the right and you just go there and you eat and you'll have a great time. I hope I didn't make that too confusing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, those are your breakfast options. Um, I hope you have the best time. I hope you now are prepared for all of your mornings. And thank you for thinking of me as resonant woman who carries eggs in bags because I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I love protein on the go. That's why I love those little Starbucks wraps. Oh, and the little egg bites. Ooh, slippery slidey. So good. Have so much fun on your trip. Okay, bye. Hi, Carly. This is Kate. Um, I am taking a trip to Walt Disney World in just a little over a month, and I'm really excited. I haven't been to the park since before the pandemic, so this is a long time coming. First of all, I'm staying at a non-Disney hotel, so I was wondering if you think Magic Bands are worth it if you're staying off-site. I know they can serve as your hotel key if you're staying on-site, but it seems like it might be convenient. I'm just not sure if it justifies the cost if I'm off-site. Um, second of all, one of the days that I have a park reservation for Magic Kingdom is a Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party night. I wasn't planning on going to the Christmas party since it's kind of expensive, but I just wanted to know, do you think it would be worth it? Um, I'm going to be traveling solo that day, and I've never been to a special event like that, so I just wasn't sure. But I trust your opinion and advice. Thank you so much. I love the show. Hi, Kate. Oh my gosh, your first trip back. I am so excited for you. Going on a solo trip, a little bit jealous, but you're going to have the best time. Now, in terms of Magic Band Plus, which is the kind of newfangled update to the original Magic Band, there are reasons to still buy it, even if you're not staying with Disney, quote unquote, on property. And I'll lay them out for you so you can make a very educated decision. Now, the main thing for me is that just because you're not staying with Disney, so you can't access certain things like charging to your room with it, it's not a one-time product. So if you think you're going to stay at a Disney hotel in the future and want to try it out this trip and have a fun little accessory to play with, then I think it might be worth buying here. However, if you do think you might plan a future trip to Disney World in the near future, you will save about $10 if you buy it before that trip. Um, you get a little discount for staying with Disney, so just keep that in mind. But it sounds like if this is your first trip back from the pandemic, like, just, it's not it's not too much money. It's about 50 bucks, and I think you'll get fun out of it, especially if you can, like, do the different things because you'll be alone and people will be pulling you in different directions. Speaking of the different things, so the main things you can do with it besides, you know, entering the park, entering a lightning lane, is that you can <laughs> jiggle it at a statue. Uh, there's like special interactivity for the 50th anniversary and jiggle it at a statue is kind of the best, <laughs> best way I can describe it. And most importantly, it can react to nighttime entertainment. So I, I think that's extra fun if you're watching fireworks, you're watching Fantasmic, to see it kind of glow and do special things. I will also mention, because I don't think you mentioned this in the call, if you do go to Disneyland or if you plan on going to Disneyland in the future, the Magic Band Plus does work across both resorts. So if you buy it now, you can get years of use out of it going between the different resorts. But it is truly, deeply optional. It is an optional purchase. I myself always planned on buying one the next time I went to Disney World. And 
was very excited to get one and got there and was like, you know what? I don't need this. <laughs> I used my phone. Uh, I, I wasn't planning on playing Batu Bounty Hunters, which is the other activity you can do with it, which I forgot to mention. Um, and I wasn't seeing nighttime entertainment in the park. So I was kind of like, I'm not I'm not going to get any use out of this this trip. And I wasn't jiggling at statues. So I passed it up until next time. But I do plan on eventually buying it. As for the Christmas party, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, the ticketed event that is at nighttime on select nights um, from now kind of through the end of the year through like late-ish December at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. So I may be getting to this a bit late because of our hiatus, but there are at this time that we're recording only two available dates left. I, I don't know if those coincide with your trip, but I will answer your question anyway. And I really think what it comes down to is that if you think the price of the Christmas party is worth it, then it's worth it. And if you're kind of like, I don't think I can swing this, then it's not. It's a cool special offering. And for the most part, if you're looking at things like Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade, Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks Show, uh, of course, there's lower weights for rides. If you're looking at those things and you're like, that sounds so fun and I want to be there, then yeah, you should do it. Also, don't get don't get sidetracked by the free snackies. There's like free cookies and hot chocolate and stuff. And I've been like, oh, that's worth it. I cannot eat that, that much dollar amount worth of cookies. <laughs> so to learn from my mistakes, that is a loss leader and I'm fully fallen for it. But if you already have day admission, I would I wouldn't. I wouldn't double your spend unless you are really truly deeply tempted for a seasonal experience. Because uh in recording this, I looked up the cost of the two remaining dates for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and the cost of one ticket, one single ticket with tax for a December party is a hundred and ninety dollars. That is so much money. That is so much money for one person for like a bonus event. So no, too much money. If that, if if you want to see the parade, and yes, I do love the toy soldiers, but if you want to see all of that $190 worth, then yes, you should do it if that sounds worth it to you. But I think that is an astronomical amount of money. And the worst part is it's only going to get more expensive every year. <laughs> so it's kind of like next year, what it, it'll be 200 on that night, 210, who knows? So if you want to do it, if you're there, if it, if you're like, I got to do it, I got to do it, I got to do it, which I, I've had that bug before, do it. Otherwise, spend that 190 bucks on something fun while you're in the parks and enjoy yourself. I hope you have the best trip and thank you for calling. <laughs> so much for listening and a very special thank you to Kirk Larson from camp for coming on and telling us all about what they do. You can find out more about what they create and what they sell at camp.com, which by the way, what a URL props to them for grabbing that couldn't have been easy. And you can also follow camp at camp stores on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to, I don't know, hang out with Very Amusing Online as well, you can rate and follow us on Spotify. You can rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you've never left a review, it's basically like a digital tattoo because uh, I, I don't, uh, I can't, I can't do anything about it. I don't know if you can even delete it. It's just up there and it stays, it's like a bulletin board. It's like a little permanent love letter. So we love, we love seeing the reviews and the ratings and we thank you very, very much because that's how people find out about the show beyond you forcing your family and friends to listen when you're in the car. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who has shared the podcast or continues to share it or leaves a little rating and reviewing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can also give us a call at 747churros asking truly whatever you want about a theme park, whatever you want, whatever you want. You can also send that as a voice note. Um, you can text it to 747churros or you can email it to 747churros at gmail.com. We have very amusing merchandise at very dash amusing.com. And once I finish this episode that you're listening to, I'm going back into the merch bubble to finish a few future things. So stay tuned because we will one day have more merch. I'm very excited. I love what we have. It's hard to add stuff because I love what we have so much. I genuinely wear everything we've created all the time, but there's some more stuff that I really want to tackle, which hopefully we will be doing in the coming months. You can follow me at Carly Wiesel on the sinking ship that is Twitter, as well as Instagram and TikTok, or join the Fomaly 
at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. This episode was edited responsibly by Jeff Fox, uh, whom, full disclosure, I did not tell him which week we were coming back, and he emailed me to be like, you good? <laughs> which is why we love Jeff Fox. He, he keeps the show sounding good and keeps it together. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, Carly. It's mom. You know how you try to limit my messages so I end up talking faster and I still run out of time. Not today, honey. Not today. This does not apply to a John Stamos episode. Greatest episode ever. I love you both. The banter between the two of you is so much fun to listen to that I was really sad it ended after two episodes. Best, very amusing podcast episode ever. John Stamos said hi. Hi, Audrey. Okay. Did I play that back a million times and tape it for my own personal? That's going to be my new ringtone for him. Yes, I am going to get his number. He is so dreamy, I can't even. All right, John asked me to comment on your voice. I love your voice. It is kind of like mine, but you could never have gotten it from Gilligan's Island because you never saw the show, which how can you have never seen that show? It is so good. Yes, John, I agree with you. I do hear a little bit of Thurston Howell and even slighter of a Steinfeld kind of twist, but that's how I talk. See, John, that's how I talk, but um, Carly's an original. That's her. She's fun, energetic, delightful personality, and she copies no one. She beats to her own drummer, which I love. John, I told Carly to call you every week since your flight together from Chicago to L.A. I said before he gets too busy or before he forgets about it, call him, call him, call him, call him. So I am so happy that the two of you did this interview. It was so much fun to listen to. I may have listened to it more than once, but, oh, well, I'll listen to it a few more times. It is so good. So I went on the Disney Wish, which I mentioned last week, knowing you would be on there, and Carly warned me. There were some rules. Do not harass him. Do not show him the pictures you have of you and him from when he was on 9 on Broadway. We saw you in New York. Leave him alone. But that doesn't stop me. That just gives me incentive. So I walked across the Disney Wish ship endlessly, full makeup, dressed at all times. Missed you at the spa. Missed you at Paolo. Saw Jeffrey Epstein, who I adore. And after dinner, he said, oh, John and his family just walked out. I was like, ah, I can't believe it. But I did see Mickey, and I did see Goofy, and a couple of times they were walking around the ship, which was great, but Mickey is no John Stamos. Sorry, not sorry. I'm so happy that you were on that ship, and I really thought I was going to meet you. But I will one day. This will 100% be cut because I'm going for it anyway. But I came from Chicago to visit Carl. I come like one to every two months. John? We have to go for coffee or meet at Disney or Knott's Berry Farm or just to FaceTime. I'll take a tweet or a personalized 8 by 10 because I love you. you got to start out large, right? Carly's going to kill me. So, Carly, my birthday is coming up in November. Make it happen. Okay, that will be cut. I'm back. See, I told you it was going to cost you more money for me. You're going to have to edit me. But, sorry, this is a John Stamos week, and I'm going for it. So, I have purchased... A few plane tickets. I've been to L.A. like three, four times since May. So I purchased a few plane tickets in first class, hoping that maybe I would get a John Stamos sitting next to me, which would never happen, which we thought wouldn't happen with Carly either. But it didn't happen. It did not turn out as I hoped. I won't go into detail. But this was the best podcast ever. I love you, John. I love you, Carly. And I'm so proud of both of you. Oh, I loved it. Bye. See you next week.